As I was closing up for the night, I thought about all the movies that had been discussed in the spoiler room. That was when the temperature in the room changed. I went to the thermostat and it said it was 52 degrees KB. Suddenly I found myself in a maze of movie posters. No matter what direction I went, each path led me back to one actor, Kevin Bacon. That was when it was clear what I had to do. When I snapped out of it, I added bacon to the menu. 2020 was going to be an interesting year in the spoiler room. And welcome, my friends. Once again, it is that time where we here in the spoiler room turned the temperature to 52 degrees KB. So glad you could join us pulling up a chair and listening to us talk about films. And all year it is 52 degrees KB down here. And today, well, last week we did have a Kevin Bacon film. We fried up some bacon. And this week, it's not a Kevin Bacon film, but it is one that's linked by a artist that was in both films and tonight once again my right hand man with me through this journey through the temperature monitor of uh this year of 52 degrees kb it's none other than uh mr ian simmons hello ian how are you sir i'm doing great well we're glad to once again have you in here uh, i appreciate you taking this journey with me uh so i'm don't i don't have to do it alone on some of these episodes uh so <laughs> i appreciate it great much and uh, these have been fun discussions and speaking of fun today's movie has the word that's related to fun in the title but is it a fun movie well uh, we'll <laughs> spend some time here uh, sussing it out to see if it is fun and the movie is called happy texas now normally Ian, i have you do the summary of happy texas but i figured tonight i would tell people about happy texas if uh, you don't mind no, I, I thank you very much because uh, <laughs> so I, I, I'm I'm looking forward to someone else talking about this for a little bit because uh, wow, <laughs> go ahead. So uh, Happy Texas is actually a town in Randall and Swisher counties in the U.S. state of Texas. The population is 678 as of the 2010 census, and in Randall County, uh, a portion of Happy part of Amarillo, Texas metropolitan st- statistical area. It's located at coordinates. 34 degrees, 44 minutes, 38 seconds north by 101 degrees, 51 minutes, 25 degrees, uh, five seconds west. It is in Texas. Uh, it, as I mentioned, 668 people in it, uh, which is down from 1930 census where it had 724. So they must either had a rash of murders or people were like, hey, we got to get out of here. I mean, <laughs> oh, wait, I'm, <laughs> you don't want to know about happy Texas, the, the, the city. Um, I'm sorry. Uh, they do have the notable rockability musician Buddy Knox, who uh, came uh, from Happy Texas, and the fictional character uh, from 24 was from Happy Texas as well. But, really? Yeah, actually. Uh, wow. Uh, 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 let's see the name of the character. I didn't watch 24 uh, myself. Yeah, I know. I fail at that. But um, yeah, uh, rockabilly musician Buddy Knox actually is from was born in the real Happy Texas, and apparently the character George uh, Avila was from Happy Texas from Twenty Four. So uh, there you go. And uh, yeah, and Barry Clark, one of the pioneers of the very large array, was also born in happy texas so uh but that's not what we're talking that's not the happy texas we're talking about we're talking about happy texas uh the film which i'm gonna toss it back to ian now and (laughs) 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 And ian 
if you don't want to give the synopsis of Happy Texas, no, that's I'll, fine. I'll I'll do it. Please, by uh, all means. Um, it's uh, 1999, and people have just discovered gays. <laughs> Uh, <laughs> and they are all the rage, let me tell you. Uh, it opens with, uh, I guess, a chain gang of, of prisoners do, like to clean up work on a highway. There's some kind of an accident, and three of them end up getting uh, freed. And two of the guys are, uh, you know, Steve Zahn and Jeremy Northam's characters. They run into a town. They're hiding out. They steal a, uh, an RV that belongs to a gay couple who run uh, children's pageants. And they decide that the, the I guess the town that they're stopped in, um, these this couple had a contract to produce a beauty pageant. So they steal the identities of these two men, um, pretending to be gay for the entire, most of the entire film, uh, and putting on a pageant while also planning to rob the bank during its big federal deposit switch or something like that uh wackiness ensues relationships are formed um i am gonna be honest with you mark i watched the entire movie but i wasn't concentrating the entire movie so i was like checking email and and, and editing <laughs> stuff and because well, i've seen this i've seen this film like a hundred times before <laughs> and that was and, it everybody good night um. <laughs> No, no, I'm, I'm I'm fully prepared to talk yeah, about it, okay. but it's it was just it's so interesting how you know it's got a top notch cast. Mm. Uh, the performances are generally really good, and there's some stuff in here that I'm like, no, we should like pivot and just make a movie entirely about this character. I'm talking about <laughs> William H Macy's oh my god uh, character Chappie. Yes, and I at first I was enraged because the only Chappie who exists somatically, and I'm not even talking about that robot thing from a few years ago. I'm talking about Louis Gossett Jr. and Iron Eagle. <laughs> But I will give it to William H. Macy in this movie. I knew you were going there. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Yeah, every time I need a a little motivational pickup, I listen to Chappie's speech, which you can find on YouTube. Anyway, uh, I think Happy Texas is a very late 90s movie. Uh, It's got some attitudes and jokes that don't hold up as well. Uh, It's got Jeremy Northam, who is an English actor, playing an American actor, but he's got the same kind of problem that Kevin Bacon had last week in Stir of Echoes where he was doing a Chicago accent. Northam's doing like a New York kind of a thing, but I don't know if he's from Texas or just passing through when he got arrested, but it just doesn't work. It's very strange. (laughs) His accent was, I'm like, why why are you even trying? Don't, don't, you don't, you're, you're a prisoner yeah, you don't have to try to be from the area. You you could just be you. You know, <laughs> that's that's one of those where it's like, why are you trying? Because um, it's yeah, a little I mean, distracting. It it really is. Um, you know, the movie has some good zingers in it. I wrote down a few lines that that I really liked. Mm-hmm. But you know, it starts off with like one of the big gags is the the sidekick character played by Steve Zahn, who's got like crazy rage issues. Uh, his name is uh, Wayne, 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 Wayne Jr. Jr. Yes. <laughs> Here we go. I, I, but I appreciate that because the writer 
our co-writer, director, Mark Ilsley, lets us know in the first two minutes what kind of movie it is. Mm-hmm. And then in four minutes, we know exactly what kind of movie it is because the titles come up and it's got this weird, like, old Photoshop font going on. <laughs> like, it, the, the text is fuzzy. I, I mm-hmm. kid you not. It's weird. Yeah, I noticed that the text was funny. I don't know if it was because of the 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 transfer to to Amazon or what cuz if you look at the trailer even on IMDb, it's like pulled from some like VHS rip. Oh, <laughs> they did. <laughs> I'm like why are you even bothering showing the 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 trailer on IMDb cuz it just doesn't, you know. <clears throat> yeah, it just didn't look right. Um this is the only movie done by director uh, Mark Isley and for me, uh, I, I it's a safe co- it, for the 1999. You could look at this being the safe film because at no point you are right. It follows the basic beats. The the big in this case they're prisoners, but basically big city type character in the small podunk town. You know, kind of the Doc Hollywood type of mm-hmm. effect. Uh, which was, you know, was kind of leaning towards, I mean, Doc Hollywood, he wasn't a criminal, but still, you know, it, it kind of had that same kind of vibe where these were supposed to be worldly characters do- dropped into small town America, a small town Texas America, which there is a difference, folks. <laughs> um, <laughs> uh, you know, and I, I enjoyed it. I, I You're right. Uh, we have seen this quite a bit before. Uh, but I thought some of the performances, as you mentioned, were definitely ones that uh, kept me a little more interested than I expected. Uh, especially William, this is one of those films where, uh, you know, we mentioned earlier about uh, you and I were talking before the show about, you know, actors or whatever, where if you hear they're in the movie, you're going to watch it. Mm-hmm. Uh, for me, William H. Macy is another one of those actors who. I will watch a film for him, even if it's a small part, because I love watching him on screen. And in here, there's like everybody else's level of acting, which was entertaining. And then there's his character, which mm. I'm just like you. I'm like, I want to see a whole movie about Chappie because the the depth and the grounding that he brings to this sheriff who is uh, – uh, uh, I guess you could say closet homosexual uh, in that he, I don't think he came out to his town, um, you know, but he, he also is uh, fully admitted that he is a homosexual. I, I loved his character, the way he portrayed the character. He didn't, he didn't portray him over uh, embellished at all. Mm-hmm. He felt like a guy who has got these feelings that aren't exactly looked good great upon they're not looked down upon for the most part but they're not looked great upon where he lives and he's kind of lost and so when he runs across the uh jeremy northam character harry who he thinks is homosexual and they have kind of a connection he thinks this is kind of his a chance to actually finally explore his feelings and and william h macy's so good he brings all of this out and i'm just like what movie do you think you're in, William? Because <laughs> this is this is too good. What he's bringing to this character is too good for the basic formula that Happy Texas is following, in my opinion. No, you're totally right. And there's a, a scene where um, Chappie and Northam's character, I'll, I'll get his name here. Harry. Uh, 
Harry, right. Yeah. Um, so I don't call him, don't keep calling him Northam's character. Um, so Chappie and Harry are out like on the range or whatever, uh, shooting rabbits. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, Chappie's helping Harry with the, with the rifle and everything. And it becomes this kind of an intimate moment. You think that the movie is going to kind of play it for a laugh. Like, you, oh my God, the sheriff's gay. Isn't that kind of, you know, weird? And then mm-hmm. there's just going to be like, oh, no, I'm not, I'm totally straight. And, you know, never speak of it again, kind of a thing. But it opens up the door to this, you know, he really wants a relationship with this guy, blew him from out of town. And there's almost like this element of like, if I can actually get something going with him, then maybe he'll take me with him when he, when he leaves. Yeah. yeah. Uh, kind of a deal. But they go out on a date. It's so sweet, you know. But even the date, it's like they have to drive two and a half hours away from town and mm-hmm. Harry's like why do we have to drive all this way the subtext is it's because Harry, Harry or Chappie can't let anybody see or know that he's you know this is where he spends his free time right but he's like yeah I just you know it's kind of like this place but it's a there's almost like a gag shot where you realize oh it's not just a bar it's a gay cowboy bar ha ha mm-hmm. but the date that they go on is so sweet and later on in the film, when Chappie is put in danger, unbeknownst to him, because the third member of the chain gang comes back and he wants in on the big bank deal, he's willing to kill everybody. He's got a gun to Chappie's head in the bathroom, even though Chappie has no idea. And Harry's like dramatically, you know, disowning their entire relationship and the hurt on William H. Macy's face. I'm like, this is. This does not belong in this movie, but this belongs in a three-hour Oscar drama that I would totally watch. <laughs> it well, that's the thing is, I'm watching this going, were they afraid to make this more of a dramatic film? Because there's elements, especially <clears throat> with the Harry character, uh, that I'm looking at opportunities going, where are they going with this? Are they going to they could have easily opened the door to where Harry would start to wonder if he does have feelings for Chappie, mm. and, and and they could have done that. You know, it, like you said, if this was a more serious film, and this is a section of the film where it's called the Happy Texas, and it's it's supposed to be a comedy, and up to this point, it's been kind of hijinks of sorts but you get the scene like you said the touching date scene with you know william h macy and even even the western gay bar you know visual like oh look they're in it it was not done like the blue oyster bar in police academy no Um, it's not it's not camp it's very matter of fact like i feel like you could walk into this you could just find this place and go in there and sit down and you know there's not a whole bunch of like stereotypical flaming dudes and like making a bunch of bad cowboy roping puns or something like that you know yeah it's it's yeah the movie has a very split personality on the one hand you've got steve zahn's character who's you know there's the whole (laughs) i i was trying to think of like which handful of movies i've seen this trope in but there's like two people who are pulling some kind of a con and they Mm -hmm. get involved in the lives of these people that they're tricking and one the kind of sidekick guy gets very involved in stuff in this case it's pageants so there's the scene where harry comes back to their apartment and steve's on is like where have you been you're out gallivanting around i'm sitting here sewing all these dresses and i'm getting all involved in sequins and it's just not fair you know the kind of like jilted spouse kind of speech yeah and like it's so been there done that Mm -hmm. but on the other hand you've got this really adult 
mature scene, especially for 1999. You know, I think the most interesting aspect of it is there is no hint of camp in mm-hmm. William H. Macy's performance. He plays what, you know, a lot of times people are still struggling to get right today, which is having a gay character where their outward expression, their flamboyance is not the only thing that's interesting about them. You know, just regular dudes caring about their day. Whereas if you, you know, didn't meet their partner, you just sim, oh, it's it's just a, you know, a regular person. It doesn't matter who they're sleeping with. They're not like proclaiming just like I don't go around proclaiming that I'm, you know, hetero. Like in movies and TV, you get a lot of that. And it, things are getting better now in terms of these depictions. But for something that's over 20 years old, it's like jumping into a time machine. Like they, <laughs> Ilsley jumped into the future and said, you know, it doesn't have to be this cartoonish. It's not all will and grace and shit. Which is, hol- which is kind of hilarious you bring that up because actually the film – uh, uh, falls into that trope and does that exact sin in the opening of this film. Um, mm. after they go on the run and they the 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 killer the one because uh Steve Zahn's character Wayne 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 Jr. who um at the very beginning actually all these characters kind of turned my expectations a little bit except for uh the bad guy basically quote unquote bad guy played by M C Ganey the the Bob Maslow character. Uh, but when they escape, they're looking to steal something, so they steal an RV from the gay couple. And the portrayal of the gay couple was kind of had me, you know, rubbing my head a little bit, going, "Okay, it's 1999. It's 1999 because they are played up a little bit more like you're used to seeing the portrayal of, uh, uh you know, especially homosexual male couple at yeah. the beginning." You know, and when I saw him, I'm like, like you said, the more flamboyant, and I'm like, oh, great. You, you know, they're going to have, <laughs> you know, Harry and Wayne play it up. But they don't, which was a good thing. But the the beginning part, when you first introduce this couple, you're like, oh, are they going to have to, you know, are, is that going to be kind of the gimmick? And at least, thankfully, it's not. But it had yeah. me worried in the beginning um, when we saw the portrayal of the couple who owned the RV. Um, yeah, but even there, it's they don't, you know, they're they're a bit more of an animated couple. Mm-hmm. That's true, but they are still, uh, you know, pretty grounded, sub- yeah. dude. Yeah, yeah, I feel like I'm gonna offend like a whole bunch of people. <laughs> I'm trying. I'm just trying to say I've seen a lot of like stereotypical portrayals of of gay people in entertainment, and always bugs the crap out of me because the gay people that I know, I do know, I know lots of different types of gay people, but you know they. For the most part, they don't constantly act like they're in, you know, the pride parade. <laughs> I've, uh, kind of a deal. I've known, you know? I've, I've known uh, a, a lot of uh, people um, as well who identify, you know, differently or uh, are, you know, have come out as uh, homosexual, and some of them have been more uh, flamboyant than others. Uh, and you're right; the couple isn't. For what we've seen as a portrayal, and, and it does sound, I hope no one takes offense, it's, we're putting this in context of what has been put to screen up until yeah. 1999. And let's face it, especially through the 80s and even late 70s, the, the uh, LBGTQ uh, you know, character has always been kind of the comedic uh, punchline, the flamboyant yeah. one, where it, that's their one note. 
is they've been written as the flamboyant character who who you know are very much out and proud but at the same time it's being done at their expense for humor where yeah. whereas in this one you actually don't have that and that's what I kind of liked with the way they wrote it is that in Happy Texas yes the two Harry and Wayne are thought you know they're supposed to be a couple that got married and everything but it never really plays too heavy into the story it doesn't and also we don't see um and maybe this is something i missed while checking email so Mm -hmm. correct me if i'm wrong but um we don't also see this uh the small-minded kind of bigoted attitude that you kind of expect i mean Mm -mm. when uh, when they go in to meet the kids that they're going to be teaching how to be beauty queens or whatever, they're all mm-hmm. like eight-year-olds. Um, Ileana Douglas, uh, who plays their, I guess, teacher or something, who's going to be assisting Wayne, Wayne, Wayne in his <laughs> efforts to make them dance. Right. Uh, she's like, she, she doesn't that whispered tone. She's like, oh, you know, don't worry. They they, they have no problem with you all being homosexual or whatever yeah. she said, however she put she, it. She, she has a little trouble with saying the word. Uh, right. But it's even though, because that's something you kind of expect to see in this, mm-hmm. you know, oh, small, some other Southern attitudes and people having trouble saying that. But if you look at what she's saying, it's that those kids know mm-hmm. that Harry and, um, uh, Wayne, I guess, are gay, but that's not a big deal. They right. haven't been indoctrinated to say, oh, yeah, there's these gay guys coming to town and we're just going to use them to win the pageant. But we know they're they're going to burn in hell. Right. <laughs> you know, there's there's none of that. It's and it's it's kind of refreshing and surprising. So as much as I'm ragging on Happy Texas, there's a lot thematically and a lot of stuff kind of going on underneath the surface of this sort of big, dumb comedy that I really do appreciate. Yeah, it. It in many ways is, especially for when it was written, uh, trying to be uh, more progressive, and I think it at least accomplishes that quite a bit. Because yeah, you don't get the you don't get the rednecks who you know bully our couple Harry and Wayne. You know that one usually stereotypical guy or the group of guys who was the high school jock who hangs around his you know pick up and drinks, which you don't get a lot of those type of stereotypes either in this film. Um, the, the town is accepting of Harry and Wayne. They don't, it doesn't really matter that, you know, uh, you do get the one uh, person in town who makes it a point to say, you know, to point out she's accepting of them, you know, and, and always making that comment, um, uh, you know, uh, subject matter. Oh, we, we're fine with, you know, <laughs> you yeah. know, but for the most part, you don't ever really see that, um, that trope of some group within the small town, like you said, the small town mindedness rejecting them. You shouldn't be here. Oh, you're converting, you know, you're corrupting such and such. Uh, the town's very accepting. It, it's a, it doesn't really matter to them really at all. What orientation Harry and Wayne are. They know these two individuals are supposed to be very good at holding pageants and they want their uh, girls to be able to finally compete in this pageant. Um, and yeah, I really loved that. I mean, it's one of those things where you look at it going, you could, as I mentioned before, you tweak a number of things in this film and you could actually make it a, a very interesting and progressive film for 1999 uh, and make it a drama. almost. 
Well, I, I was just while you were talking, mm -hmm. I, I hit on something and I looked it up. And, mm -hmm. um, you know, in 1999, we did have a drama about uh, there's a, a trans uh, person living mm -hmm. in Nebraska called Boys Don't Cry. Oh, yes. Which, uh, mm -hmm. Hilary Swank won the Oscar. So we're looking at like the, the, the polar end of the spectrum. Right. But it's like. Uh, you know that Boys Don't Cry is is, is a horror movie in in of itself, but given the things that uh, Brandon Tina had to go through and um, you know right. and endure, especially that uh, that ending. But in terms of Happy Texas, uh, the attitudes. I mean, you're right. We don't get those kind of stereotypical things that we're you know used to seeing. So I feel like maybe that was sort of the year when people are like, okay, we're going to try and turn some attitudes around and, and confront audiences uh, with, you know, their, your pre assumptions right. um, in happy Texas, when they go through the RV and they're trying to figure out the identity of the people that they've just stolen this vehicle from, mm -hmm. there is that moment. And I could just, I had this thing where I flashed on, like the opening weekend audience for this movie, mm -hmm. seeing Harry and Wayne flipping through the photo, the clippings book and mm -hmm. the photo album and seeing the two guys like making out by the waterfall. Right. And then they give that look at each other and you just imagine every guy in the audience going, ew. <laughs> <You know? laughs> kind of a thing. For, for that time period, especially. Yeah, right. yeah. Yeah. Well, what am I talking about? Even today, I, when I went to see the movie Rocket Man, I loved it. I, I was enjoying the performances quite a bit. Well, there is, unlike what you may have had in, uh, you know, um, in um, uh, the Queen story, uh, in this one, it is a rather intimate love scene that you see between two gentlemen. And I heard the old man sitting next to me go, oh, and kind of look away. And I'm like, what did you? I'm like, <laughs> do, do you know, not know who this movie is about? It wasn't revulsion, Mark. It was jealousy. <laughs> I sh maybe it was. I don't know. <laughs> you know, that just frustrated me. I just looked and I'm just like, dude, dude, really? Really? <laughs> <laughs> like, oh, I think it's going to be a long, long time before that old man gets it. Yeah, um, and it's his generation. But you do have a lot of good things. Now, while the, the formula, the script is formulaic, there's a lot of these nuggets, I thought, that I really appreciated and thought it was refreshing to see that them being to a, a gay couple wasn't really a solid, you know, a, a continuing running gag. Mm -hmm. except for the friendship part which uh you know we've seen before as well whereas uh since he's thought uh since um Allie Walker's character Joe uh thinks uh Harry is uh gay uh, she wants looking for a friend and so she befriends Harry and kind of an a la um kickass we have this moment where uh, you know right. he he's giving her uh, masks, you know, facial masks, and and rubbing feet, and she's you know confessing all these things like she would uh, for a girlfriend, and you know secretly he he's sitting here falling in love with her. Um, so you have that moment in here, but still, it, I I never felt like it was from what the description gives. I was fully expecting it to be m the more gimmicky than it was. Yeah, and that's what's kind of um, bothersome to me is because you do have the those kinds of tropey, you know, things down to 
this cliche that I can't stand. I don't see it as much in movies anymore, but the whole idea of they go into the bank to get this thousand dollars that they think that they're owed by the the town for putting on this pageant. Right. And they come across this woman at the desk and she's like, can I help you? And he's like, yeah, we're here to talk to the manager, Joe. And she's like, well, is there something I can help you with? Like, no, we need to speak to the boss. We want to speak to the man, Joe. Yeah. And it turns out that her name is Josephine and she runs the bank. It's Joe. You know, like, oh, God. Yeah. <laughs> and again, you do have those really basic. Those things didn't really make me laugh out loud. I'm, I, I fully admit, though, some of the stuff Steve Zahn does in here really was humorous, especially when it, uh, you know, when it got to him, uh, trying to uh, work with uh, uh, the young uh, girls to try to get them into the pageant. You know, uh, he did have a number of moments where I actually maybe kind of smile and they were a bit, a few adorable scenes. And his character was interesting because at first you think he's going to be played the real simpleton throughout. And like you said, it, it's one of those where they come in being the cynical guys and they think they're going to do this, but the one guy who's just not supposed to get attached, he's just doing his cover, actually is getting attached to whatever, the kids he's trying to teach or, you know, uh, the band he's trying to teach, you know, whatever that trope is. So you get that in here. But I thought, you know, for uh, for Steve Zahn's uh, performance, I thought he did. Oh, well, I did. I may have said Billy Zahn. I'm sorry. Steve Zahn's uh, performance. I, I found it entertaining in a, a number of spots he actually did make me laugh so uh, yeah I, I like steve's on uh generally i just i don't know what he was he had another kind of a weird accent um <laughs> I, I know it was almost cartoonish in some mm -hmm. spots um but it, like that opening scene where they're throwing armadillos at each other on the on the highway <laughs> like that's that's how you open your movie i just it just it was way over the top and it was not indicative of what was to follow it i just mm -hmm. the the split personality of this film kind of drove me crazy because it's smart the people behind it are smart enough to give us some really good stuff but it almost felt like they needed to put some lower brow things in there for the people in the back who like, <laughs> <laughs> it, it was almost like they were saying oh wait we're writing a comedy um we'll put yeah. this funny thing in there uh <laughs> you know it's like when you didn't it could have been uh approached i'm not saying they had to go full drama but kind of a okay for lack a uh, comparison to a film we talked about earlier a, a tin men mm, sort of yes. approach to where it's a window it, while it's a kind of a, a, a zany situation, it still could have been handled with a little bit more uh, uh, gravity, a little bit more weight, uh, like Tin Men, to where, yes, you have humorous moments in here and that, but you have these real-life moments that none of them felt like a shtick, whereas in here, they felt like it felt like they were reminding themselves, oh, wait, this is a comedy. Oh, wait, we, we've got to put a shtick in here now um for the laugh like you said the low for the for the folks in the back um <laughs> yeah but that tin men is a great comparison because if you had just had this movie about i don't know exactly how it would work but con men who you know take the prison element out of it because all it did was add you know create this last 15 20 minutes six hours whatever it just went on forever uh the the chase and the fighting and the running and you know all the cops get involved uh, because the you know the bad 
uh, chain gang guy comes back into the picture. I just I had completely checked out by that point. Um, but if you have more of a character study about these two con men who go into town pretending to be gay and just like the relationships and really explore this stuff, you could make something that is a comedy with some dramatic elements and something really to say. I'd like to see the the gay pageant show version of Ten Men that this movie could have been. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, I- exactly. You could have even played more with the character. And it's hinted in here. And that's, uh, I did feel a little frustration with the Harry character because I'm like, oh, are they going to actually play that he starts wondering if he has feelings for Chappie and how's that going to play with his feelings that he thinks he has for Joe? And, and you know, like he's discovering something in himself and they could have actually maybe played with that a little more and they do that for maybe 10 minutes mm. and, and then Harry, you know, nope, I like Joe. <laughs> you know, I I, I want to be with Joe and you're just like, oh, oh, okay, you know, and he's being more kind to Chappie than he is actually caring. You know, he just doesn't want to hurt the guy. Uh, but at the same time, there's really not a, a huge amount of feelings there. Um, but then again, you get the defense, you know, where he turns him away so he doesn't get killed. And it seems like he's putting a little more effort into it than he would normally. So it, the Harry character really felt like they weren't quite sure what to do with him. Like they were afraid to go to some places with him. Like they start to and they're like, yeah, no. Well, there there might be something to that because, you know, Jeremy Northam, you don't see him around much anymore, but uh, he was an actor who was really, he was, seemed to be everywhere in the, in the 1990s, mm-hmm. just popping up and stuff, uh, you know, kind of a sexy, you know, young British leading man, wannabe kind of a guy. So I feel like today you could make a version of this movie where perhaps it, the not the gimmick, but a plot point is that Harry actually is gay, mm-hmm. but the audience doesn't realize it. Maybe we just assume he's straight because he's hanging out with this guy, you know, Wayne, 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 who very much is gay <laughs> or, or straight pretending to be yeah. gay. So we just assume Harry's the same way, but he kind of opens up and comes out. So it's a reveal for the audience when he actually tries to get something going with Chappie. <laughs> yeah. Uh, you know, I... I think that would be really cool to see. I, but I don't know in 1999 if you can, you know, I feel like this is transgressive enough uh, for something. Mm-hmm. Uh, Miramax put it out. So it's not like 20th Century Fox or something yeah. or whatever they're calling it now that Disney bought it. Uh, but you still have to balance like 21 years ago. They weren't going to have this. Mm-mm. Well, I mean, they had the birdcage a few you did, though, yeah. uh, years you know, earlier, so maybe, but I still feel it, it wasn't like today where when you see a show featuring like a, a gay lead or, you know, trans themes or something like that, where you're like, oh, well, yeah, sure. It's <laughs> but, you know, 21 years ago, it was like, you know, headline news everywhere. Like, oh, my God, can, can you believe the, the boycotts? And, and, you know, people uh, are speculating whether or not this will stay on the air. Yeah, well, that and also, it you know, how big of a celebrity news it was when uh, actors or directors or producers, famous ones, would come out just how big of a deal it was in 99, you know, to where it was like all over the news, like, oh my God, it's like, you know, this person is, you know, Rock Hudson, they even make a Rod Hudson joke in here, Um, (laughs) you know, oh my God, Rock Hudson, you know, we're back, so you put it in that, so maybe they felt, and, and 
possibly rightfully so, just because of the what had been fed to them, to us, uh, up until that point through cinema, uh, weren't ready for maybe that type of film. Uh, you know, it, that it would be, they'd be looking to burn it at the stake or something, unfortunately, because of the way the culture was, it was still in a transition of, of, you know, acceptance, I guess, mm-hmm. for lack of a better term, or maybe I just am talking on my ass. I'm not sure, but um, <laughs> <laughs> I, I get you. I think you're coming off very well. You know, so it, it's because it, it's an interesting time in general in, in the culture more and more performers and such were coming out if i remember correctly you know in the 90s especially um but you still didn't quite see that in cinema they were they were slowly starting to as you mentioned uh you know even with the the girls don't cry that was like oh my god type of film like it was kind of it was the big deal with the subject matter that it was which you know a serious film and it was dealing with serious subject matter and it was great that they felt, you know, that they made this film, but at the same time, uh, it was the fact that it was a big deal, you know? <laughs> so, so your audience's uh, news like that was still considered sensational in the culture. And I think that, you know, translates on screen and maybe held them back from maybe even doing more than what they kind of wanted with this film. Yeah. I mean, and you still have, um, you know, talking about the culture, I, God, it was so long ago, but it seems like it was yesterday. Uh, Matthew Shepard, the the mm-hmm. young gay kid who was beaten to death and left on a fence uh, uh, in yeah. Wyoming, it was, that was 1998. Yeah. Um, the year before this movie came out. So mm-hmm. uh, it definitely was not the kind of thing where I mean, change happens uh, slowly and then kind of all at once. So. Uh, and you couldn't, you could put, you could put something like, you couldn't even put happy Texas out today because even though the attitudes were progressive in 1999, looking back on some of the humor and the way things came off, it'd be considered downright offensive today. Right. No. Yeah. I I mean, don't get us wrong. It is still a 1999 film and some of the jokes that they throw in here had me rolling my eyes uh, for sure going, it was 1999. Okay. <laughs> you know, it's back from when we were talking about Bill and Ted's as well. For the most part, Bill and Ted's Excellent Adventure and Bogus Journey are great, but there are a few gimmicks in there that make you roll your head going, ah, yeah. Um, <laughs> well, it's 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 interesting because 99 doesn't seem that long ago, especially to us old timers. Right. But, you know, you're talking about now putting disclaimers and trigger warnings on Gone with the Wind. You're like, mm-hmm. oh, of course, Gone with the Wind. That was like, you know, 80 years ago and they had completely different attitudes back then. But it's like, OK, where's the where's the line? Mm-hmm. You know, because because <laughs> something to us that's 20 years old could seem like it's 80 years old to someone else. And you said, hey, watch this movie, Happy Texas. And there's mortified. You know, why didn't you tell me? I'll tell yeah. you what? <laughs> oh, oh, yeah. <laughs> and again, too, we're we're. We're we're two heterosexual guys here uh, talking about a, a film, so our perspectives, uh, you know, we may <laughs> we we're just per- discussing this from our perspectives. But I, I, you know, from folks that I know and have had discussions with about alternative lifestyles, and that uh, this film has parts where I think they would find very uh, refreshing. And then parts that would have them throwing stuff at the screen, and rightfully so. 
um, <laughs> you, you know, sure. um, and you know, the ending, especially for this film, felt like they didn't know where to go <laughs> from here because out of the blue, the killer shows up and you're like, okay, I completely forgot about him. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then you get this weird thing where, you know, uh, Harry ends up calling the marshals, which is led by Ron Perlman. And it was great to see Ron Perlman, even for a short time. Um, because it's Ron Perlman. Uh, <laughs> um, they do this thing where they've got this chase. And so the bad guy takes uh, Allie Walker's character, Joe, hostage, and they crash through a window. And rather than her escaping, he helps her up and they hold the hand and they kind of look for a track. And I'm like, wait, <laughs> are they playing that Joe and the killer are kind of in on this and then they're driving in the chase and she makes a joke about pointing to the gun and he's not really doing a good job of holding her hostage or making it believable at all you know and maybe they're trying to play it lighter because oh yeah wait we're writing a comedy but you know and then at the end when we get to the end of the chase and it's revealed yes our guys are actually ex-cons and she slaps him i'm like are they playing that she was but then you find out no she wasn't. I'm like, yeah, but I got a, like a 10 minute segment in here that you were giving cue. Like, I'm like, why didn't she try to run? You know, when they came out the window, why, why didn't she try to run? Or he was on the break. Why take the baggage with him? Uh, you know, help the way he helped her up and everything. I'm just like, um, huh? <laughs> I, I can't account for Like I said, I can't account for anything in the last 20 minutes of this movie yeah. because, I was like looking at stuff and I look back over at the screen. I'm like, oh, this is still going on. And it, it's like all the cool, interesting character stuff just gave way to, you know, uh, this isn't exactly an art house picture. We got to have something to get the blood pumping. <laughs> um, so, but, yeah. Well, it, it's a, a, I'm using quotes here, a zany comedy of sorts, you know. Uh, uh, and I, I will say of the movies we've watched, this is probably one of, especially recently, one of the more uh, upbeat films oh, definitely. that we've watched over the <laughs> last few months, especially. So it was refreshing a bit to have a light film to where at the end it was a happy yet odd ending where they end up holding the pageant, which this does definitely, I mean, I'm surprised it landed at all in 99, but it definitely would not land today of the little girls holding the pageant outside of the maximum security <laughs> prison with the inmates watching them. Um, Only if it was like a Wes Anderson movie or something, but yeah. Well, this that, isn't Wes Anderson. <laughs> right, that's what I'm saying. He's the only one who could get away with, with doing that last shot. Right, because that, that was just awkward. I'm like, wait, what? <laughs> and it's the Little Miss Fresh Squeezed pageant, which... <laughs> Right? I feel like I'm going to get canceled just saying that. I... <laughs> yeah, way to go. There there went the spoiler room. Now, spoiler room <laughs> is over, right? Um, hashtag spoiler room is over. Um, yeah, it was just, it was an odd ending. And like I said, it, it really felt like, because Harry's the one that called the marshals. I thought maybe he made a deal with them, but he didn't. But it would make yeah. sense had he, because he and Wayne were not um, really hardened criminals by any means. 
Um, I mean, Harry, he was wanted for fraud uh, and, you know, maybe bank heist, I think. Uh, and Wayne stole cars. So I didn't know if maybe, oh, they're playing like he negotiated with the Rangers that they get a reduced sentence if they can catch the actual killer ex-con on the loose, um, which would have kind of fallen a little more into what you would expect but no they didn't do that so the one time when you figure hey this would be appropriate to fall into this trope we don't get that uh. yeah <clears throat> missed opportunities there and and that's what's so you know, frustrating about it. it's like eh, i just want something i can pay attention to and, and, and get invested in yeah and that's the thing is you have a lot of characters and elements in here uh, it, where it hits, and then there's a lot of those missed opportunities. And uh, for me, while I was entertained, I was like, this could have been even better had mm. they taken advantage and gone uh, these different routes. But as we also mentioned, the time that this was coming out, they either weren't brave enough to try to take it that way or just didn't think of it yet fully uh, realized that they could go that direction and um miss schaefer played by Ileana douglas who was in stir of echoes she is our link in here and she is the kind of uh, developing love interest for wayne 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 jr uh and i liked her in here uh i i found her amusing and at the same time she, her character had some opportunities I, again some really great cast members some really interesting characters they could have done a lot more with had this not been played off or been pushed into the the comedy uh genre i think yeah i was i was a fan of Ilya douglas in this movie <clears throat> she did something ridiculous like eight movies in 1999 came <laughs> right in it uh she was kind of like the the it girl for a little mm -hmm. bit um but yeah she was uh she was a joy to watch um, oddly hot in this movie. I don't know what it was, but I've never, I've never quite looked at her in that in that particular way. But it's like, wow, you, you got something going on. Um, but uh, no, it's it's also just that she played a really you know sweet character, and mm -hmm. I did like that. Uh, you know, she and Wayne kind of found each other. There was a nice little bit with the tattoos. Uh, mm -hmm. <laughs> she's like, you know, for someone who likes guys, you certainly have a lot of girls names tattooed yeah. on your body, and he was playing them all off as being like famous people oh who's jamie actresses oh, yeah. jamie jamie lee curtis yeah <laughs> from that trading places movie which i thought was interesting out of all the references for a jamie lee curtis he mentions the trading <laughs> places but at the same time i'm like actually it made sense for his character because his character was supposed to be kind of the 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 vulgar kind of you know the 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 hey i like women uh really over the top type of character and trading places is the first time you ever get the topless scene with jamie lee curtis so maybe that's why he picked that actress mm. uh, or maybe I, maybe my brain just went there i don't know uh, no i was just thinking maybe like he got locked up in 1982 so it was like the last movie he saw before he went to the joint I, it could be it very well could be <laughs> uh that could be as well so yeah, uh, you know what? It's there's not a lot here with this film. It's an interesting one for the cast. It was one of those where I zoomed by it all the time because I liked the cast. Again, it had the 
William H. Macy, which is like, you know, okay, I'll watch it. But this one, it was just kind of like, eh, no, I'll keep scrolling. And then, uh, you know, another time, oh, look, Happy Texas. Oh, this got all these people. And nah, just keep scrolling. Uh, <laughs> so I'm glad I was able to work it into our, our schedule to watch it because I don't think I, I, I didn't feel like I wasted my time. Uh, I, I know you had, had checked out a few times. I, w- I was in it. Uh, and maybe right now I just needed a kind of a, a lighter movie to watch. Um, but at the same time, it, it is disappointing to see that there could have been more to it. What's, what's your final thought with this? And would you, would you still recommend it to someone possibly to watch? Oh, that's tough. Um, <laughs> I would say yes. Uh, partially because the William H. Macy and Jeremy Northam stuff is so good. And even the, the William H. Macy, Ron Perlman stuff at the end, which is, you know, subtle, almost beyond belief. Like, just right? kind of give each other little <laughs> nods. And then later on, it pays off with, I think they have, they lock pinkies or yeah. something. Yeah, they, they uh, lock pinkies. Yeah, I'm like, I, damn it, that's that's uh, that's the sweet love story ending I want to see. I don't give a crap about Harry or Wayne. Um, mm-hmm. But yeah, so you know, watch the movie. It's not that great in a lot of places, but in the places where it is great, it's really great. Um, I know that sounds odd for someone who's spent the last hour trashing it, but um, I'm, I don't think it was a waste of time. Uh, I'm glad I watched it. I don't think I'll ever watch it again, mm-hmm. unless they do something crazy like make a happy Texas remake. That's like a, a an eight episode <laughs> Netflix series. We can really open this shit up, um, which I would totally watch, but yeah. Well, yeah, because, uh, while we do stick with the Harry and Wayne character, there are a number of other characters uh, that we didn't quite mention in happy Texas that I would have loved to, to see explored a little more like Paul Dooley's character, the judge, mm. I, I, he, where he was like in every role, he was the, the, chief of you know the chief fire volunteer fireman he was the judge he was <laughs> he was running an auction which had a great line in it uh they were auctioning off a ming vase and people <laughs> like really he's like yeah it's a wyoming, wyoming. vase <laughs> yeah the the auction scene actually had me laughing when he was played that off and and that's what's funny is uh yes i'm in the middle of wisconsin and i'm from milwaukee but uh, we're in Wisconsin. We have the reputation. I know, big Chicago guy like yourself. You you laugh at us, real <laughs> North folks. You know, we're, we're good. I'm like an hour away from. Wisconsin I know, here. I know. I'm just giving you shit, but you know, we're just your vacation land, you, you fibbers. Uh, but <laughs> I, the thing is, uh, the stuff about the town itself also felt authentic and wasn't done as gimmicky as we've had in comedies in the past uh it it felt like a real small town i'm like i've been to auctions like that where you have the guy who's bidding on his own things uh (laughs) you you know they're making jokes it's not like a serious like hey one of them you know they're they're just rolling with it because you know this is kind of a, a fundraiser for whoever you know i've been to stuff like that uh and, and it felt those parts happy texas felt like a real place in this rather than a gimmick and i liked that as well so i i would recommend it as well with the caveat that it was made in 99 hmm. and as you said the the good parts are really good william h macy's chappy character I would say watch it for that, if nothing else, for the way he's performed and written. It will surprise you for the type of character uh, that Chappie is to to be portrayed and written the way he is on screen was actually very refreshing. And it'll want you to see more of that character. 
And I will recommend, though, that you, you're not going to give really two flipping leaps about Harry, for sure. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you're supposed to, but at the same time, I just like, uh, outside of the s- scenes with Chappie, I'm just like, the Joe scenes really didn't feel... Uh, it's interesting. There felt like there was more chemistry between Harry and Chappie than there was yes. between Harry and Joe. <laughs> that that That's very true. And I think that we kind of picked up on that, uh, which is why it would have been cool to see them explore the relationship, either, you know, homosexual to homosexual or, you know, hetero to homosexual. You know, what what is that? Can you have like a platonic relationship where one is well, – we see this in movies all the time where mm-hmm. there's – a platonic relationship, but one person is secretly pining for the other. Like, right. Just have that be the thrust, no pun intended of the movie, you know, just yeah. <laughs> this French, this unrequited friendship that's, you know, beautiful and funny and kind of sad at the end. Yeah. And, and a bit heartbreaking. And, and, and that's where I thought they were kind of going with this. And I was hoping they would go with this, but, uh, the Harry and Joe stuff felt more artificial. The, the Harry and Chappie stuff. I'm like, this, this feels like real, like there, there's actual connection the way these two characters are playing off each other, um, you know, and and maybe it has to do partly with the performances of the two actors just doing it really well and unexpectedly for a film called Happy Texas that's supposed to be <laughs> you know just a straight comedy. So, <laughs> so yeah, um, it is what it is. Uh, it's not horrible. Uh, nothing really. <laughs> New as far as the core story, but a lot of great elements that I did not expect. Yeah. Same here, man. So there you have it, folks. Uh, If you've seen Happy Texas, you can comment on this on our uh, page at specialmarkproductions.com for this episode. We do have a chat box, uh, and we're going to wrap it up here for the night. Hopefully it it, uh, made you interested, at least in it. Uh, I know there's a couple other performances in here that we could probably link back to a a Kevin Bacon film, but uh, Ileana Douglas is the connection, okay? That's that's the one we're going with today. <laughs> <laughs> um, and uh, how does Happy Texas connect to Mystery Men, which is what we're going to talk about next week. That one's an easy one, I'm sure. Uh, but you'll have to tune in next week to find out. Now, this is the part, as always, where I give my wonderful crew members a license to shill. So, Ian, shill away, please. Thank you, Mark. Uh, you can find my uh, reviews and podcasts at uh, kickseat.com. I run Kicking the Seat, movie reviews from the last guy anyone asks. I also have the Kicking the Seat YouTube channel. Um, I'm putting up, I'm actually doing a bunch of interviews in the next couple of weeks, so there'll be no shortage of things to look at there. And uh, yeah, love to have some new uh, listeners and watchers. So thank you. Yeah, tune in. He's been just a beast with the interviews. So. Uh, check those out folks we thank you for listening and now i think we'll just say a uh, good night everyone good night hey all my friends out there looking for more spoiler room goodness then why don't you check out our brand new patreon page patreon.com special mark productions where you can get access to exclusive spoiler room episodes and a whole lot more you can also find us on facebook groups SMPRD and on to Twitter at Special Mark Pro. Let your voice be heard and let us know what you would like to see in the spoiler room as well as just how we're doing in general. We appreciate your support and remember in the spoiler room the conversation is fresh but we do spoil the movies.